Well, Happy New Year. It is so great to see you here in Plymouth. And for those of you at our regional campuses, great to have you with us as well. And we actually have people streaming live all around the world and maybe watching on demand. It's wonderful to have you here. And if you're a guest, welcome to Northridge. In fact, if you're a guest, you're saying, what the heck was that, right? Uh, some of you are going, wow, they're really into that. I'm curious, how many of you understood everything that was just said in that rap? The 10 of you are very welcome here at Northridge Church. For the rest of us, our team did us a favor. Inside the program, they actually gave us a rap lyrics contingency plan. And so for those of you who didn't understand a word, all you have to do is look at this thing and you can figure out the lyrics. But I, I do want you to know, there's, even though they were trying to do us a favor, it's a bit of a smackdown uh, because... It says, Rap Lyrics Contingency Plan for those over 45. <laughs> First of all, I just need to say, there are some of you who are in your 20s that didn't understand a word of that rap right now. I mean, that's true. And the second thing is, for those of you over 45, if this is for those of us over 45, why is it .001 font? I mean, seriously, I, if you put this thing on the back wall, I couldn't read it. I mean, that's, that's absolutely, you know what it is. They don't want us to know what they're saying. That's what it is. They, uh, actually, um, the lyrics of that rap, and rap is very relevant in our culture to many people, but uh, the lyrics of that rap are powerful. In fact, just so you know, they, they were written 
by our creative uh, worship writing team. It's, uh, it's really a Northridge written rap song, the lyrics are, and here's how it happened. Without being asked, I, a couple of months ago, laid out the principles I'm going to be sharing in this talk with you. And they're, they're principles that have for now years been very life-impacting for me in my own spiritual journey, but I've never crafted them into a talk to share with others. And when I realized that this year, New Year's Eve fell on Saturday and New Year's Day fell on Sunday, I, I, I knew it was just an extraordinary year, and I wanted to teach this weekend. And, and so I started thinking, what could I teach on, what could I teach on? And I realized this would be the perfect conversation for us to have as we're trying to, to go into this new year and to experience life on a higher plane. And so I shared this a couple months back with our creative team, and the, the worship uh, team got together and wrote these lyrics to literally express the ideas of the talk that I'm going to share with you this weekend. And so they have, they have captured it. It's powerful. So I just want to encourage you, go home and get a huge magnifying glass, <laughs> put it over this thing, and try and figure out what it's saying, because it's, it's powerful. And can I just say right on the front end... Um, this is not an easy weekend for a lot of people to be here. We appreciate you being here. A lot of people travel, family. But think about all the volunteers and all the gifted people who invest themselves in this place, like our creative team, our worship team. If you appreciate them, would you give them a hand? I'm so proud of them. Awesome. And right now we're actually streaming live with one of our regional campuses, Northridge Brighton. So I hope you guys are doing great up there. Glad that you've gathered, gathered with us. And if you're a guest, we're just so thankful that, that you're here. And this talk is a one-off. I'm calling it Life Markers. It's not a part of a, a series of talks. It's a one-off talk that I really do help will help us go into the new year. And as, as I was taking it beyond my own spiritual journaling process and trying to craft it into a talk that could maybe be helpful for you as you go forward. A story came back to me of something that happened to Roxanne, my young kids at the time, and myself on a Christmas many years ago. In fact, it, it happened on a Christmas a couple years before I came to be the pastor here at Northridge, which is 26 years now. So, I mean, this is a long time ago. Uh, my now adult wonderful adult children, um, were little kids in the back of the minivan that we were driving and Roxanne in the passenger seat and me there. And what we were doing is we were, we were heading from our home, we lived in the western side of the state at the time, to Cadillac because my family, my three brothers, their families, and my mom and dad were gathering there for Christmas. So we had spent our little Christmas morning together, filled up our car with all the presents and food and hopped in it to you know, go have Christmas with my family. And we were driving, by the way, at the time, a, a Ford Aerostar minivan. Anybody remember those? They were not the greatest winter driving vehicles on the planet, I need to tell you. They, quite heavy vehicle, not terrifically balanced, and they were wheel, uh, rear wheel drive. And so, if you were like me, and you know, I grew up in the snow, I love winter driving, uh, it was a great vehicle because there were no restrictions to the fun you could have with this car. 
I mean, it's like you could go around any corner and just a little bit of snow or something, and you could fishtail that sucker and have a blast, and you could do donuts in parking lot. This was just a pretty unstable winter car. And, and the day that we were driving up to be at you know, this Christmas celebration with my family was a horrid day. It had been snowing. It was really frigid and really cold. And, and we were on the highway heading up. And, uh, you know, I, 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 Cadillac was about a three-hour drive from where we lived. And I usually tried to make it in about 59 minutes. And uh, because of the weather, I had decided to slow down just a little bit. So I was only going about 65 um, on these highways. And it was interesting because, I mean, the ditches in the median littered with cars that had, you know, fallen off. There were tow trucks all around trying to pull people out. And I, you know, I was flying with reckless abandon down the highway, um, looking at all these losers who didn't know how to drive and <laughs> wishing that people from Georgia had to get a passport to come into Michigan because of their bad driving. And I said that especially for Chris Crutchley, our new campus pastor at Brighton, who's from Georgia. Uh, but at any rate, it's like, seriously, they don't know how to drive. So I thought that's what this was going on. These people just didn't know how to drive. If you know how to drive, come on, you don't do this kind of stuff. And, and then all of a sudden it happened, uh, 65 miles an hour, and we hit black ice. And um, the back end of the Aerostar kind of started swinging left, and I tried to bring it back, and then it started swinging right, and it started swinging back, and... And I literally had no control. It was like invisibilized. It was like we were out of control. And it ultimately turned, and I'm not making this up for advantage of the story. We literally turned sideways, and we were going sideways over 60 miles an hour down the highway. And I knew that the minute that ice stops, it's flipping. I mean, there's just no way to stop that. And... We started then creeping. It was weird how long it seemed like forever. It, it started then creeping towards the shoulder. Um, we're sideways, almost totally sideways, creeping towards the shoulder. And I realized when we hit that snow on the shoulder and that gravel, it, it's going to go. I mean, I'm going to lose total control. And we're going to flip. So I, I told her, I warned everybody, you know, kids, hang on, we're going to flip. And they, my kids laughed because they thought that that was funny. I, they, you know, <laughs> and I went... I'm not kidding, we're going to flip. Blake, to this day, he, in fact, he heard this story yesterday when he was here, and he, he, said, he said, Dad, that freaked me out. I mean, I, I still remember to this day, you know, that you're going to flip. And so, and, and, and I, I said it, and we hit that shoulder, and an, it was weird. Instead of flipping, the, the tires, on the left front, left rear tire of that Aerostar came off the wheel. And that absorbed all the energy. And it spun us around then into the snow. So we were going straight. And then we were going off into the ditch. And much of the western highway over on the other side of the state, it's pretty steep hills and cliffs. This was just a rolling ditch. We went down in it, went up the hill in all the snow, and stopped right in front of this huge billboard. And I went, ah, 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 you know. And none of us were hurt. Um, we got extremely, in human terms, lucky. I mean, it could have changed our lives forever. It could have, it could have been destructive. But as it ended up, it only changed that day. You know, we got a tow truck and 
they took us to a car place and they fixed our tires and, and we drove home. But I, I will tell you, I drove better after that <laughs> for a couple of days. Um, I, I really shaped up. But, but here's what I found, and I, I, hope, I hope that you'll stay with me in this talk. I found that I have the propensity to do the exact same thing I did in that car on that long ago Christmas drive. I have the propensity to do the same thing in my everyday life. The reality is that we all do. I have found that even if we have good goals, my goal was to go up to be with my family, good goal. Even if we're heading in the right direction, I was going in the right direction. And even if we're trying to do the best we can, I was trying to drive the best I could. Even if we're trying to do all the right things, I was trying to do that. Most of us in our lives are still crashing and burning, making a mess out of our relationships and making a mess out of our lives. And, and it's not because we want to. But it's what's happening. And it's happening because, like with me on that highway years ago, it all boils down to the fact that we're not paying attention to the obvious signs that we're headed for trouble. That we're, we're heading in the wrong direction, that we're starting to get out of control, that we're going to crash and burn if, we, if we're not careful. We're, we're not paying attention to the signs, and they're there. Because I have to tell you the truth, it was an accident. I didn't want this to happen to my family, to, to me. It's not what I was trying to do. But, but if I'm genuinely honest, it really wasn't an accident. It was, I was not paying attention to the signs. I mean, I was driving an Aerostar. That's a sign. It was bad weather. That's a sign. And when the whole median and ditch is filled with cars, you might want to pay attention to that. But I didn't. I was barreling forward, and we do the same thing in life. And it's why so many of us are experiencing the failures and the hurts and the pain and the brokenness and the disappointments we're experiencing in life. Look at Proverbs 14, 12. I think it speaks to this issue. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. This describes my, my Christmas drive very well. I thought I was doing right. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Oops. I felt I could do it. I felt I was in control. I felt I knew what I was doing. But I wasn't. In the end, it was an accident. It could have been far more tragic than it was. But I want you to know, this verse wasn't written about car rides on Christmas Day. It was written about our lives. There's a way that seems right to us. We're, we're driving our lives with reckless abandon. We're going forward with no thought without taking note of the signs of what's going on in life. And as a result, the end thereof is death. And to be honest, that, that could be my life first because I get off track a ton in my life. Now, I hate to admit this, but I think I have to be honest. There are times when, when I mess up, when I fail, when I get off track that it's not an accident. It's not just because I'm not paying attention. It's by conscious choice. There are times I'm driving down a highway and I just make a choice. I'm, I want to do that. I don't care. I'm, I want to do that. Do you ever do that? But I've been on this journey for quite a while and I'm a, a little bit further down the age track than many of you. And I'm going to tell you that it, that's, not, that's not how it usually happens with me. 
I'm not usually making a conscious choice to do something really stupid and really destructive and really, you know, off point for me. But I do make a lot of mistakes and get off track a lot, but it's usually simply because I'm not paying attention to the signs of trouble ahead. You see, as long as everything stays the same, I'm, I'm good. I've got my patterns down, my routines down, I, I, I've got my track down. But when stuff changes, you have to change or you're going to head for a crash. That's exactly what happened in my car accident. And here's what I've learned over the span of my life. The world keeps changing. It doesn't stay the same. So we do have to keep making adjustments. We keep changing. And so we can't just keep driving our lives the same way. We have to be making perpetual changes. So we have to stay awake, keep watching, check the conditions. Where are we? Where are we going? Where are we headed? Or we will crash in our marriages, in our families, in our vocations, in our personal lives. And so in order to help prevent this from happening in my life because I sincerely want to experience God's best. There's, there's a truth that, that I've learned over the years and have to try and keep in front of me because just because I've learned something doesn't mean I'm living it. But this truth is especially important for me at times like these when I'm going into a new year or into a new season. I've got to remember it as I'm, as I'm forming my plans and contemplating my choices. And here's the truth. God's ways lead to God's best. God's ways lead to God's best. Now, I know you can go, ah, that's cliche, done. But I'm going to tell you, that is, that is simple to say, sounds simple on the surface, but it is profoundly deep because that truth right there is the truth that determines the ultimate quality of our lives. God's ways lead to God's best. And here's what I can tell you. All of us are seeking God's best in our life. All of us are. I mean, whatever resolutions you're doing, if you do that, or goals you're setting, whatever you're heading for, choices you're making, you're looking for God's best. You might not say God's best. You might say, my dreams come true, life's best, I want to experience life at a higher plane. However you say it, you're looking for God's best the way God ultimately designed you to live. But you'll never get there unless you take God's road, unless you follow God's ways. And this is the problem with life. We keep pursuing God's best our way. But our way doesn't lead to God's best. It leads to crashing and burning. It leads to destructive consequences. It's, it's like me driving my way on the highway when the highway wasn't made for that kind of driving. And that's exactly how most of us are living. God's ways lead to God's best. If you're searching for something more in life, you're searching for that which you'll only find if you start following God's path, God's ways. And let me prove it to you. Look at Psalm 119, verses 2 and 3. Blessed. And that word blessed is important. It's the word that means satisfied, content, fulfilled. It's that everything we're looking for to experience life at its best word. Blessed are those who keep God's statutes, who Seek God with all their heart. They do no wrong but, and these three words are operative here, but follow his ways. Follow his ways. Do you know what that's saying? God's ways lead to God's best. And sadly, most of us are missing it. But we don't have to. And so here's the application I've come up in my life um, 
come up with in my life to help me to kind of track with this truth. And I, I want to share it with you. If, if we're going to experience God's best, which all of us are longing for, we need to follow God's ways. I mean, that's the simple application. We have to start following his ways. We have to stay on the right road. We have to make sure we're going forward on the right road. Look at Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. It says the same thing. Blessed, satisfied, content, fulfilled is the one who does not walk in, the, in step with the wicked, who doesn't walk in the wicked's ways. Blessed, experiencing God's best, is the one who doesn't stand in the way that sinners take. They, they don't go on that way. The, the, the ones that are experiencing God's best don't sit in the company of the mockers. They don't go that way, no. The ones who experience God's best are those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. They, they know God's ways and they live God's ways. And so they experience God's best. And since I have this desire to experience God's best and yet find that it's really easy for me to get off track and crash and burn, I've identified what I call life markers to help me stay on the right path, to stay in God's ways, to not take detours or slide into the other lane, to keep me from crashing and missing God's best. And I kind of came up with this idea from reading the words of a prophet from the Old Testament. His name was Hosea. You probably haven't heard of him, most of you, but Hosea is a, a, a minor prophet, they're called. There are major and then minor prophets. And in chapter 14, verse 9, look what he says. The ways of the Lord are right. Now remember, God's ways lead to God's best. The ways of the Lord that lead to God's best are right. And those who are experiencing God's best, those who are living right, walk in God's ways. But the rebellious stumble in them. They, they falter in them. They crash and burn in them. And so I realized I need, to, I need to know when I'm in his ways and when I'm not. I need to know when I'm sliding. I wanted to develop markers so that I would kind of like the, you know, the, the lines in a highway and you can know, ooh, I can't slide over there or I'll hit a car or they're coming over in my lane. I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure I stayed in the lane of God's way. And so I developed these life markers from his word that I think have saved me so many times and maybe can save you. Because I think... All of us long for 2017 to be something special. But most of us will be crashing and burning in every aspect of our life. But we don't have to if we set up these markers. And so I, I, I love how the team captured this in the, in the rap that they wrote. It says, born sinner, notorious flesh. If I don't get it together, I might end up in a wreck. Reckless if I don't check this checklist of things that'll keep me in line. I'll remain blind, walking within line, falling many times, calling on his name till the day I'm set free and let up out of this cycle. We're always on the precipice of a wreck. I mean, at any moment in my relationship, even though I've been married 37 years, I can crash and burn. At any moment as a dad, even though my kids now for three decades have learned to respect me and love me, I could... I could destroy that relationship. I've been here 26 years, but in any moment, I could crash and burn and disappoint God, you, myself, and destroy everything I care about, all because I was driving recklessly in a, without, a, without concern, without paying attention to the signs, and you can do the same thing. We have to know where we are 
And so these markers help me to detect when I start moving away, and maybe they'll help you. So here they are. And just know I'm not going to spend a ton of time on each one because I think they're pretty self-evident. And I'm not going to give you particular specific examples of my life where these things go contrary because I don't want you to just think in those terms. I want you to think in the terms where they're relevant to you. My first marker is my heart. My heart. You see, I can know I'm starting to get off when I develop a heart problem. I really can. I'm, I'm starting to move away from God's ways when I develop a heart problem. And, and so the question I ask myself, and I have, to, I have to dig deep on these because, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm pretty good at rationalizing away harsh evaluation of myself. And so if I just say, hey, how's my heart today? If I wake up, you know, how's my heart today? As I'm sipping some Starbucks, I'll say, I'm okay, right? And if I don't dig deep, I'm, I, I'm pretty kind to myself. Are you, are you this way or are you liars? All right, very good. Um, so I, I can't just say, how's my heart? I, I have to ask a question. Here's my question. Am I loving the right thing? This helps me to determine where, where my heart's at. And I have to tell you, when I'm walking in God's ways, my heart is very different than I'm in those moments when I'm not walking in God's ways. I mean very different. And so, am I loving the right things? And I, I, I really draw, draw a lot from Jesus' words in this regard. Look at Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in the law, and this is what Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You see that heart thing there? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's where your heart should be, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest command, and then the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You should love your neighbor with all your heart, like you love yourself with all your heart. I mean, that's where your heart should be. And then Jesus adds this line, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Can I ask you a question? What do the law and prophets lay out for us? God's ways. He's saying all of God's ways hang in the balance as to what's going on in our heart. I mean, if you're loving God with all your heart, then whoa, you're going to live up to God's ways. You're on the right highway. If you're loving others with all of your heart as you love God, then, then you're on... You're on the right path. You're going to be experiencing God's best. But if you don't love God and others that way, but you're kind of really motivated more by selfishness, then, then you're in trouble. And I'm telling you, when I'm walking in God's ways, I'm filled with compassion for others. When I'm walking in my ways, I'm filled with longing for myself. Am I loving the right things? In fact, I have to tell you, I can tell a lot about where I'm at as it relates to God's ways by the voices that are going on inside of me. I can, you're probably a lot like I am, but I can keep a fairly good facade on. You know, I've been a pastor a long time, and so, you know, a bunch of crap can be going on in my life, and I'm like, bless you, my child, kind of crap, you know? Um, and it's like, and I don't do that, but you, you get the point. I mean, it's like, you know, wow, he must be really spiritual. Look at him, you know. But, 
But inside, I can be very dark. I, I can be kind of getting angry in there. And when things aren't going my way, I, you know, the language that I might be espousing inside would be very different than the God bless you, my, my daughter, on the outside. And, uh, and that's a sign that I'm not on God's path that I'm consumed with selfishness and I'm so disappointed with what's going on in life, God and others, that, that I'm angry and I'm bitter and, and that's expressing itself inside versus when I'm really walking in God's ways, I, I'm not filled with anger and bitterness and disappointment. I'm filled with compassion because it's not about me, see? And why is this important? Because when I'm walking in God's ways, it leads to God's best, but when I'm not, it leads to crashing and burning. Let me ask you a question, Art. How's your heart as you head into 2017? Are you loving the right things? The, the second marker for me is my focus. My focus. I, I can... I can know I'm starting to get off, that I'm starting to lose control when I develop a focus problem, a focus problem. And I, here's the question I ask when I'm trying to discern this. Am I living for the right things? Because here's what I've learned. What I focus on is what I live for. If I'm focused on pleasure, what am I going to live for? If I'm focused on money, what am I going to live for? If I'm focused on success, what am I going to live for? And so I, 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 I have to ask... Am I living for the right things, the things that are keeping me on God's ways? And Jesus is the one that highlighted this. In Matthew 6, he's saying people who aren't walking with him, walking in his ways, I mean, they focus on all the wrong things. They focus on, you know, their clothing, their shelter, their bank accounts, their jobs. They focus on all these temporal things. But, but look what Jesus said in 6.33, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things that people are focused on and worried about and filled with anxiety about. They'll be given to you as well. And you know what he means when he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? He's saying, seek God's ways first. And what will that lead to? God's best. All these things will be given to you as well. Am I living for the right things? Are you? I have to ask myself, am I living for God or am I living for stuff? Am I living for eternal things or am I living for the temporary? And there's an easy way to do it this time of year. Not all of us do this, but many of us think about resolutions we're going to do, right? Things we're going to change, goals we're going to lay out. Let me ask you, do your resolutions, do your goals, do your new directions have to do with more stuff or God? Are they all about the temporary or are they all about the eternal? And I'm telling you, my tendency, it's about stuff and the temporal things. And I realize, whoa, God, the only things I care about in this world, the only thing I'm focused on are things that don't even matter. I, no wonder I'm not experiencing your best. You, do you see that? I'm, I'm out of control. How's your focus? And then my third marker is my faith. My faith. And I have to tell you, when, when my faith starts getting off I start getting off. In fact, I know when my, when my faith starts transferring to the wrong things that, that I, start, I start messing up. And so the question I ask myself is, am I trusting in the right things? Or do I have a faith problem? 
And I know this is where sometimes we have a lot of different people who come to Northridge, and I'm so glad you're here, and you're at all kinds of different places on your spiritual journey, and many of you wouldn't even claim to be spiritual or have a relationship with God. Many of you, some of you even claim to be atheists. I get that. I'm glad you're here. Trust me. But this is where a lot of you would turn me off and go, oh, faith. I'm in church. They're talking about that faith thing again. But you have to realize, do you realize we all live by faith, right? All of us. Not just religious people. We all live by faith. In fact, those of you who are atheists say, I don't believe there's a God. The word believe is a faith word. And so what you're saying is, I personally am putting my trust in the idea that there is no God. That, so you're living by faith too. Now in my view, just a challenging point, you're putting your faith in the wrong thing. I mean, I, I, I'm wearing um, one of my favorite watches. It's a Shinola. And uh, I love Detroit. I'm big on Detroit. Detroit's got a great watch, you know, coming out of the Shinola. It's awesome. It's and so I'm wearing the Shinola. But I'm going to tell you, I know that this watch, as uncomplicated as it is, I know that it was, it didn't just happen, it was manufactured. It, someone designed it, someone manufactured it. I know that, right? And so do you, even those of you who are atheists. Um, but you've decided that you're going to put your faith in the concept that the universe, which is a little bit more complicated and complex than my Shinola watch, happened without a designer, without anyone making it. You have more faith than I've ever even contemplated having. We all live by faith. But for me, I've realized that if I'm going to experience God's best, it's got to be by having my faith placed in the right things, and when my faith starts moving away from that, I start messing up, and so do you. That's why one of my primary faith verses is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Am I trusting in the right things? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Everything about this talk fits right into that two-verse passage. We have to trust in the Lord because God's ways lead to God's best. But, but you need to make sure, if you're going to trust in the Lord, that you do it with all your heart. See, the heart is a huge issue of being in God's ways. And you can't lean on your own understanding. And this is important. What's understanding dealing with? My focus, what I'm thinking about. If I lean on my own understanding, I'm going to lean on the temporary, on the stuff, the, the stuff that I can figure out and see. And so I need to trust the Lord with all my heart, with all my focus, in all my ways and everything, I need to sit to mit, submit to him, even when I don't understand anything, and he will make my path straight. Even though they seem crooked, they'll end up where they're supposed to be. And here's what I've discovered. I can make a straight path for myself my way. It ends up taking me to all the wrong places. I can follow God's crooked path, trust him, and it takes me straight to the place where I really long to be. I need to trust him. Are you? You can trust him, you need to know, because unlike us, he fulfills his promises. I, I've, I've made so many choices based upon what feels right for me that turns wrong. And the car, the, the, the Christmas drive accident is one example. I feel really good, I feel really good, I feel really good. I'm going sideways down the highway. It happens like that. 
I feel good until all of a sudden I'm crashing and burning. But you need to know, with God, if you follow what he says, you never crash and burn because he always keeps his promises. Look at Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. Joshua lived for God in a time when most people didn't. And he says, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. I'm about to die. You know with all your heart and all your soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord God gave you has failed. Every promise he's ever made has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. If your faith is in him, you'll never be disappointed. If your faith isn't in him, you'll always be disappointed. God's ways lead to God's best. Any other way leads to crashing and burning. Are you following God's ways? And then there's just this one last marker. It's my life. My life is a marker. I can know I'm off track when I develop life problems. You know? And by the way, I'm not talking about life problems circumstantially. Yeah. Look at I have life problems circumstantially all the time. The context of my life is in this world which is filled with trouble. Jesus promised in this world will be filled with trouble, but be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. The point is we can have fulfillment and satisfaction. We can have peace and we can have joy within even when the whole world is caving around us. And I know when I'm in God's ways, even when the world's falling apart, I have a stability that I don't have on my own. But I know when I'm not walking in his ways, everything can be going perfectly and I'm still filled with anxiety and stress and disappointment and emptiness and loss. And so I can keep track of it. So this is the question I ask. Am I experiencing the right things? Let me ask you, are you experiencing the right things? Here's what Jesus promised you in John 10.10. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So is all of your striving in this life to find some sense of fullness or do you have fullness? Do you get it? When, when I'm striving to be more successful so that I can find something that's missing, I'm striving for success for all the wrong reasons. If I have Jesus filling me, then my striving for success won't be about me. It'll be about you or others. It'll be about compassion, not selfishness. John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If, if you remain in me and I in you, Jesus says, you'll bear much fruit. Your life will be full, productive. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You'll be like a dead branch. God's ways lead to God's best. And he, Here's the good news. I, the good news is our failures don't have to be final. And I want you to know that my goal in this talk wasn't to share these things with you so you go into 2017 feeling even worse than you did before you came to Northridge. I mean, that wasn't my goal. The goal of sharing these markers isn't to say, do you see what a mess up you are, you lousy guy? That's not my goal. My goal for giving you these markers is to help you See the path forward like you haven't seen it in the past. To, to keep yourself in God's ways in 2017 like maybe you didn't in 16 or 15. These markers are for your future. But we still have a problem, don't we? We still have to deal with the past. I have to deal with 2016 or else I'm going to take all the junk of my 2016 into 2017. No matter how much I change 2017, all the junk's going with me. Unless I deal with it. Are you with me on this? 
And I, I, I really do take this stuff seriously. I journal quite a bit. And uh, this time of year, I've been doing it this weekend. Yesterday morning, I woke up. It was New Year's Eve day, as you know. And, and I went through the last two years of my journals, the last couple of months, because I wanted to see where I was at then and what the goals were that I was moving forward. And, and I have to tell you, that's really... You almost have to be a masochist to do this because it's so disappointing. And I'm just, I'm being blatantly honest with you. With a lot of the stuff that I was writing and a lot of the goals that I was setting and a lot of disappointments I was expressing, uh, to be honest with you, I could cut and paste my posts from the last two years them into this year. Do you know how sick that is? Do you know how disappointing that is? And that just makes me weary, actually. Sad, it burdens me. But here's the good news. I don't have to carry that into 2017 because of what Jesus provides. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The markers can help us moving forward, but they can't help us with our past. But the good news is we don't have to carry our past into the future. We can take it to Jesus, and he can take it away. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're disappointed, if you're disillusioned, if you're disenfranchised, if you're feeling like a failure, join the club. But you don't have to carry all that junk into your new year. You can actually carry it to Jesus. And when you carry it to Jesus, he takes it away. You see, when he, when he died on that death and dealt with all the devastation and junk of the cross, and I know it's hard to understand it all, but it was so that he could be paying for our junk. The wages of our sin is death. He died on that cross. Then he was buried and rose again so that we could walk in newness of life. So when we come to him, all the junk can be placed on him and his cross, and then he can fill us with all the new life of his resurrection. And so 2017 can be a very different year. And then we can be on God's ways following the marker, but we have to come to him. And so I want to encourage you, before I give you a couple of action steps and send you out, I just want to, I just want to give you a moment to pray. And so I'm going to ask you if you'd do that. If you'd honor this moment, those of you here in Plymouth, if you'd pray with me, if those of you at Northridge Brighton would just really engage this moment seriously. And if you're watching, streaming online, or however you're engaged in this, just, just really bow your head and just start a conversation with God. And if you're a believer already, I just challenge you to talk about these markers and where you've been. And then with the places you're disappointed and weary and burdened, give them to Jesus. Confess them to him and let him take them away. And if you're here and you've just never come to Jesus, this is your moment. And in so doing, you can leave all of your past years behind you. And you can move into 2017 with Jesus' freedom. And so just take my words in this prayer and make them yours. Just say, Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm coming to you right now. And I admit I'm weary, I'm burdened, I'm guilty. I'm, I don't know you but I want your forgiveness and your rest. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin because of your death on the cross and then 
Fill me with new life because of your resurrection from the dead. I'm trusting in you. I'm coming to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before I give you these action steps, I really want to encourage you, please, please let us know if you prayed with me and, and or if you just want to take steps forward in your relationship with God. We, we have put together some materials that can help you just decide what next steps would be relevant to you and then our team can work with you if you so want. And so in the programs you were given is this connection card, it's easy, rip it out, answer the appropriate questions, fill it out. And there are boxes at every single exit of Northridge Brighton and Northridge Plymouth, all of our regional campuses. And just throw it in there and we'll send that stuff to you. And if you're watching online, just hit the what next button and we'll do the same thing for you. So now what do we do with all of this? Well, let me give you some action steps that you can carry into your new year and, and then you get to go into it. First action step is this, since God's ways lead to God's best, since God's best is what we're all longing for, why don't we, as our first action step, decide to follow God's ways? That makes sense to me. I don't know what your resolution construction has been like so far, what your new goals are, but I'm telling you, above them all, you should write to follow God's ways, because that's what's going to get you where you want to go. The second action step I would encourage you, it kind of follows on pretty naturally, commit to knowing God's ways. It's hard to follow God's ways if you don't know God's ways, right? Hard to follow God's ways if you don't know them. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And a lot of us, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, and we're looking too far ahead. If we will every single day start taking God's word into our life, he will use that as a light on our feet and on the path to make sure the next step is the right step. The next step. And you, every day you're shining light on your next step, on your next step. You're committing to knowing God's ways and then you're deciding to follow God's ways and it's this process of staying in the right lane. And then finally, action step, review the life markers daily. Review the life markers daily. It's like, am I loving the right things? Am I living for the right things? I mean, am I really focused in the right things? Am I trusting in the right things? Am I experiencing the right things? And make adjustments because if I had started seeing the cars and the ditches and on the shoulders of the road and all the tow trucks, if I had started noticing and paying attention and responding, I could have slowed down and that accident would have never happened. The same is true in all the mess-ups of my life. If I look at these things daily, I can correct it before I get to a problem. I'm finding that as I keep these markers before me on a daily basis, they're helping me to keep from sliding away from the life I long to live. They're keeping me from crashing in ways I've regrettably experienced in the past. And the same can happen to you. If we follow God's ways, know God's ways, and keep reviewing it so we stay aligned in God's ways, you know what happens? We experience what Jesus came to give us, life and life to the full. And isn't that what we long for, for 2017? Well, it's ours for the keeping. I hope we'll take it. Thanks so much for being here. Happy New Year, everybody.